When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So a couple of weeks ago, we talked about our excitement for Windows 11. We even had ZDNet's Ed Bot on the show because we were so excited. At the time, we assumed that Microsoft would do like it always has in the past and offer support for existing hardware. But boy, were we wrong. Not only sort of wrong, just flat out wrong. I'm Jason Cipriani with co-host Jason Prillo, and on this episode of Jason Squared, we're going to take a look at what you'll need to run Windows 11 on your current PC. All right, Prillo, I think the word of the day is TPM, maybe? What do you think? Well, so TPM, or Trusted Platform Module version 2.0, is part of it, uh, but I would say the overall word of the day is security. Hardware-enforced security, to be precise. Yeah, I think that's probably a better way of rounding it up. I'll, I'll fully admit, you know, we recorded the podcast talking about the announcement on June 24th. Yeah. Then I went on a family trip. I zoned out, didn't really check Twitter, news feeds, anything for a while. So during the announcement, I was totally offline. Afterwards, and for the first few days afterwards, I followed all of the news on Twitter, and my entire feed was just very angry people about Windows 11 dropping support for very recent processors and hardware. It's something Microsoft has not done in the past. So I guess my question to you, since you followed it very closely, why do we have the big change? So we didn't know the answer for a few days. only that Microsoft had cut off a lot of systems from the upgrade by saying only eighth generation Intel systems. So that is like, you know, if you have a core i7-8, blah, 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 right, you're fi- or higher, or a nine, blah, 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 yeah. blah, you're fire, or 10, whatever, uh, or, or AMD Zen 2 processors, Zen 2 generation processors, and higher would work with the new operating system. They didn't go into detail as to why only a few days later. Okay, Ed, Ed Bot has was chasing that story for uh, like two twenty four hours. He rewrote his article like three times, you know, saying, "Oh, and we beat, oh, Microsoft backtracked on this. First, it's a soft floor. Now it's a hard floor. Now it's a no. You don't get to have it, right?" Um, I, I personally have three PCs uh, that I've been using to run, you know, tests and and apps and workloads on Windows. Um, my newest one is a Dell XPS eighty eight nine hundred. Okay, I bought that in June of twenty sixteen. Uh, it is an i7-6700, which is a sixth-generation Skylake processor. Okay, it's a big box. It's got eight cores running at 3.4 gigahertz, 64 gigs of RAM. It runs fine. It's fast. Uh, Microsoft will not support this chip officially with Windows 11 when it's a re- release in October. Now, by the way, it runs the Windows 11 preview just fine right now, but, but sans yeah. a couple of things that we're going to talk about. Um, the reason why they gave this, these requirements, not just for trusted platform module, um, it has to do with um, virtualization extensions present in generation eight and higher processors. Uh, and actually technically six, seven, and eight all have it, but they're making the cutoff at eight for reasons I don't quite, or not quite apparent to everybody right now. 
Um, they've now backed down at least to Generation 8 being the hard floor for the time being. And they're allowing Generation 7 systems at least to participate. And they're allowing Generation 6 systems to participate in the preview. The question is, what's going to finally make the cut in October? Right. Yeah, I read that they, or I read their announcement that, of you know the first insider preview being available, that they are rethinking their approach and they're investigating whether Gen Gen Seven systems will be able to make the transition once it officially launches later this year. So I guess what they're hoping is people with Gen Seven systems will hop on, will try out the uh, the insider preview and see how well it runs and give them a bunch of data and they can make a call after that. I, I don't know. It, it's This whole thing got really messy when it didn't have to be in the beginning. If they would have been up front and explained it uh, fully from the start, I think we wouldn't have had this issue. Like you, I have quite a few PCs around my house, you know, for testing and whatnot, reviewing. Um, I recently built a gaming, well, I guess a year and a half ago, 18 months ago, I built a gaming PC on my own. I wanted to experience what it was like to build a gaming PC. I put an Intel Core i5-9400F processor, which, yep. by the way, Microsoft has published a list of supported processors for Windows 11. I checked the list. This processor processor is on the list. Gen 9. And should be fully You're sufficient. good. Yep. Gen 9, right? Yep. So Microsoft has since pulled the health tool that checks whether yeah. or not your computer is eligible for Windows 11, but before they pulled it, I downloaded it and checked my gaming PC, and it told me it is not eligible to be updated. And it mentioned TPM 2.0. My processor supports it. Yeah, you, probably, think, you need to jump into your BIOS and just turn it on. Yeah, I need to jump into the BIOS and make, a, uh, you know, make the switch and turn it on, but here's the problem. How many people are gonna know to do that? They're gonna right. run this health check tool and hopefully the reason Microsoft pulled it is so they could go in and add instructions yeah. or at least support articles that says, hey, you do support it. Your processor is supported, but it looks like you don't have TPM 2.0 enabled. You need to go into your BIOS. Here's how to do that. Here's what to look for. Um, I haven't had a chance to jump into the to BIOS right now because it's tied up doing some computing tasks for me. Um, so I, I haven't made the change to run the tool again. I, like I said, I have it downloaded so I could still run it. Um, but I plan on doing that here in the next few days. This is, this is beyond confusing. Yeah. So I guess we should probably say this is why is Microsoft doing this, right? Because, yeah. because we have a lot of boxes that look like they run fine. You know, they're not slow and clunky or anything like that would prevent them moving to a new operating system. This whole thing is all about security. Now let's, let's talk about the, the, the types of security. So, you know, today... Uh, you know, really, Windows, you know, is an operating system that has evolved over a 35-year period. That's a very long time. Over that 35 yeah. years, we've had many different iterations on how Windows applications can be written, right? And, and, and to this day, there are still applications out there that probably are using, you know, programmatic uh, methods that are 20 years old plus, Right. And they have not been modernized. Right. So Microsoft has been kind of banging the, you know, the drum saying you need to modernize your app. You need to move to dot net. You need to move all this other dot net, whatever you need to move to. You need to throw out all this old compatibility junk that, that makes it less secure. All this stuff. They've been doing this for a very long time. And the problem is that 
ISVs, independent software vendors, are like, well, you know, we had this big giant app that we had to develop, and you know, it, it, it's going to cost us a lot of money to recode this stuff. Same thing in enterprises. So, you know, these custom applications at enterprises have not been altered. You're, they're still fundamentally running the same exact type of application that they wrote 20 years ago, just updates that are needed to support whatever, additions. So you, what you got is this sort of burrito, multi-layered burrito of code that is Windows. It's not like Apple that throws out applications every five years and say, hey, if you don't meet these standards, we're throwing you out of the App Store, you're yeah. gone. Microsoft doesn't do that to its customers. It's got lots of legacy code. Now, the problem with legacy code is it's not necessarily secure. So you can run modern code alongside legacy code on Windows, and the legacy code can get infected, and the modern code would be fine. Right. right. right? But you're still going to potentially ex touch part, the, the older code can potentially still touch parts of the operating system and do damage and compromise stuff. So, what Microsoft has had to compromise with this over the years, understanding that the developers are not necessarily going to change their apps or redesign them. What they've decided to do with this release is throw hardware at the problem, which is they're going to use hardware to enforce security boundaries for misbehaving applications. So they're going to use, number one, this TPM, Trusted Platform Module, which is going to permit secure boot that will prevent applications from altering firmware on your PC, number one. This is a big deal. Number one. So you're protecting the PC from infection at the firmware level. That's very important. Yeah. Because there's those types. Huge deal. Because, for example, things like Skylake and some of the other generations of processors were susceptible to that type of malware. The next is things like traditional viruses that reside in memory, right? So th there is an ability with some of the newer processors to use virtualization technology or containerization technology to enforce memory boundaries in hardware. So you can have a, an application that misbehaves, but then this, this hardware guard, there's basically this watchdog that exists on the chip, right? Says, hey, you can't do that. Go to hell. You die. Pfft, kills that. Right. So that'll so that will will make prevent those applications from misbehaving in user memory space. That's another one. Then they've got stuff for like ability to run browsers in um, in what we call sandboxes. So there's this thing called Windows yeah. Microsoft Defender Access Guard. If you install that, it turns it turns on features in your chip for virtualization that allow that 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 browser to run in a sandbox so that literally Anything that affects like a browser tab cannot leave that browser tab or anything that affects that browser can't jump out of that browser to another browser instance. It, it, it lives it's in sort of like gatekeeper on Mac OS. Exactly like gatekeeper Mac OS. So these are our protections that Microsoft is. They've actually introduced them all Windows 10, believe it or not. So all this stuff that Microsoft is saying is required. If you have the latest generation of processors that they're saying are supported in Windows 10, so in Windows 11. So I think technically Windows generation six, generation seven, generation eight machines, if you have one and you have Windows 10 at the latest patch version, you can turn, if you go to what they call the device security app on Windows 10, yeah. you can turn all that stuff on. If, for example, you have TPM turned on in your BIOS, if you have secure boot turned on in your BIOS, if your processor supports these hardware extensions, you can turn all that stuff on. And you have now basically made your machine into a Windows 11 sans that new interface. 
But but Microsoft. So the difference Microsoft here is, requires it now in Windows 11. Yeah, the difference yes. is Windows 10. It's optional. Yeah. Windows 11. They're enforcing it and requiring it for every PC. That's correct. Now here's now all this sounds great. We're going to be more protected. It's going to be awesome. I won't have to worry about my if I give my mom a PC like this. Uh, I don't have to worry about her infecting her machine. I'll allow grandma doesn't get to infect her machine anymore. Great. But here's the problem. We have chips on the market on machines that were sold as early as 2.5 years ago that, quote unquote, are not supported because they're Gen yeah. 7 machines. So this kind of burns a lot of people in a, from, 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 from a public relation perspective, right? They're basically being told, yeah, you get to support your machine until Windows 10 expires in 2025. So guess what? We have a supported operating system until 20, 2025 regardless. It's not like your machine's going to stop working. It's not Cinderella. It's not going to. It's not going to. You know, expire. Uh, but what it does say is, 2025, you are on your own with patches and stuff like that going forward, unless you get a new box and get Windows Windows 11, or on a, some type of special yes. enterprise extended support plan. I think Microsoft needs to extend their uh, their end of life on Windows 10 because of this. I think that's going to end up being the. This is going to end up being the the end result of after all this noise. I think. Yeah, it's it's October of that year. So it's it's later in the year. So let's say two and a half years ago, you bought your computer, you have another four years of support, give or take. So you're getting around seven years of Windows 10 life out of out of a system. That's not terrible. It's not awful, but it's, it's not awful. I mean, honestly, I'm the kind of guy that would be replacing my machine now or thinking about replacing it now. Any, but, but that actually... Because we're being kind of forced into, well, you need to upgrade, you need to go to a new box. Some of us are going to be thinking, well, why do I even want to do Windows anymore? Why don't I just get a new R uh, M1, M2 Mac and be done with it? That's kind of my thought process right now. I'm like, well, I mean, like, if I wasn't the kind of guy that needed to review and write about computers all the time, I'd be like, ah, oh, the hell with this. If I'm going to be forced to switch, I, I'm getting, a, I'm getting, I already own a, an iPhone, I already own an iPad, I already own my Apple TV. Screw it, I'm getting a Mac. Yeah. I'm done. I could see a lot of people doing that, honestly. Yeah, in a way, this is forced upgrades, uh, and I can see why people would feel like that because you you are being forced to upgrade your hardware, even if it is fairly recent. Yep. I upgrade my computers about every four to five years, yeah. so this that six and a half to seven years would be a little long for me, anyways. But I'm hard on computers; I, I use them, you know, quite a bit and extensively, and, and push them to their limits. So. You know, it's expected that I upgrade that often. Family members I have don't upgrade for, you know, maybe once a decade. <laughs> and it's a huge upgrade for them. So I think this would uh, be, you know, Jason, I think this would be an easier sell if Microsoft, well, first of all, I, you, I don't know if you watched the playback of the Microsoft event. It was kind of a disaster. It was a disaster because their, their, their video feed cut out multiple times. And, you know, it ended up, you know, not being easily followable. Like, I don't know, something that their CDN broke or I don't know what happened. But it was it was a disaster to watch the whole thing. It, it, I mean, honestly, what's ridiculous is, you know, I had this incredible I was at home. I had this great bandwidth. And what's ridiculous is we were doing the WWDC launch only a few weeks before. And I was on 5G in the Florida Keys and it was flawless. So yeah. it was it was the two the two events could not have been more different in terms of perception by the people that were covering it. It was ridiculous. So what do you what do you suggest people do who have Windows 10 computers now that maybe fall into these categories where it's a 7th, 8th, ninth gen processor? I, essentially, if they don't have these features, if I'm understanding you correctly, if they don't have these features enabled, they're not 100% secure. 
should they enable these features? Yes. So, so first of all, I would say, unless you are the kind of person that needs to evaluate Windows 11 at an enterprise or at your business, or you are so hardcore into testing this new garbage that you must have the latest and greatest operating system like you and me, that you do not do this insider preview that you stay on Windows 10. Now, here's things that you can do. You can use all these Windows 11 features. Um, if you have them in your chip. So first of all, you want to go into your UEFI, your BIOS, and turn on Secure Boot, turn on TPM, right? That's number one. Once you turn all that stuff on, those, those optional security features, you will be ready to accept Windows 11 if you're allowed to go to Windows 11. But, but in, in any case, the last fall update uh, or whatever the last update that was in the issue for Windows 10 has all this stuff built in that Windows 11 has for, 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 for features. With the exception of that new pretty user interface, all this security junk is in there. So you all you have to do is after going into your BIOS, turning all that stuff on, which you should, you should do it, go into the device security app in Windows 11, and it'll say core security, you know, hardware-based security. Just turn all those things on if it suggests them, and you're ready to go. That's it. You are now protected. You have now you now have the hardware security. Windows eleven and Windows ten will be doing its job, and you will be you will be supported until October two thousand twenty five. You're good. You don't need you don't need update to Windows eleven if you don't want to. Yeah right. Um, so, like I mentioned earlier, Microsoft pulled the health check tool that yeah. was telling users whether or not Windows eleven would run on their computer, and I think partly because it was misleading. You know, like I, my experience, I have a compatible processor, but it was telling me I couldn't run it or I would not be able to update to Windows 11. Ed Bott, like we've talked about a couple times already, was on our last episode. He uh, recently tweeted out a GitHub project called Why Not Win 11. It's one word, Why Not Win 11. Yeah. And it is a custom app that someone has built that will go through, you could run it on your PC and it'll tell you the specific reason why you can or can't, more specifically, run Windows 11 on your, your system. Ed said on Twitter that uh, you could download this from GitHub. It'll, you'll have to override Smart Screen, which is yeah. a, a uh, protection uh, implementation in Windows, but it's completely safe to run. I have not had a chance to run this yet, but I plan on doing it. Maybe there's something else going on on my custom-built gaming PC that is preventing me from updating or you know that the health tool was... was uh, identifying that would prevent me from updating, but I plan on giving this a try once we're done. So if you want to do that, um, I would just Google GitHub, why not win 11, and then uh, follow the steps there to download it, install it, and run it. Yep, absolutely. I'm looking at it right now. It goes through, it shows you whether it's the architecture, boot method, yeah. CPU, secure boot. There's a whole bunch of options on here, um, and it gives you a lot more insight into it. So you did say that you had installed it on an old uh, Gen 7? Gen 6. Laptop, was that Gen right? 6. Gen 6, okay. What do you think so far? Yeah, um, you know, Windows interface, honestly, people say it's a different interface. Honestly, it looks like, like Windows 10 to me with a little bit of um, Mac thrown in. But honestly, it's not. It wasn't the kind of leap where, like, I I I could start. I started using like, where is this crap? No, it, it's got it's got it's got a you know a start menu that kind of blows up into this big square um, with a search yeah. engine on it, like a, a, a smartphone style you know search engine where you can look for the app. Um, 
you know, and it's got it's got a settings menu. It's got all that stuff that you expect to be there. I mean, the settings menu is is, is more smartphoneified in terms of its. I mean, like again, they looked at they look they looked at Mac OS eleven and then twelve, and they said, hey, how do we make our stuff kind of look like this? Uh, and yeah, it's fine. I, I'm not um, the, these the the, the, the <laughs> fancy the fancy store that was in the uh, that they showed in the. Um, in the rollout uh, event is not there yet. The Android sure. apps are not there yet. Um, and by the way, Windows 10 is getting, yeah. the, is getting the same store. Windows 10 is getting an identical store. So if, you, if you're going to be like, oh, I got to have the new store, guess what? Windows 10 is going to get the same store. Um, apparently, uh, according to Ed, these fancy new MSIX packages that yeah. are needed to make that 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 sandbox app experience which is completely separate from this hardware enforced security stuff the sandbox app which takes a legacy application and makes it not be misbehave um that is no longer mandatory in the store so but even with all this hardware enforced security they're basically throwing the hardware enforced and serious security crap at it as a solution because um this could have been all been done in the software packaging stuff so rather than forcing gotcha. rather than forcing the the software vendors to repackage the apps so they behave nice, um, they're saying, "Oh, screw it! Let's just throw hardware at it and make all the end users exactly. buy buy new buy new machines or turn all the stuff on." So that's that's that's. Well, I would rather they, they 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 roll that thing out at some point, um, you know, the the MSIX packages, but that's not going to be a requirement anymore. Uh, for the store, you can you can just take a, a regular package of Windows app the way they've been doing it all along. And just dump it in the store, and then just make it look prettier in the store. It's, it, that's it. Yeah. To your point at the beginning of the show, though, that's probably because there are so many legacy apps, and getting companies to invest the developer it's, time into bringing it current is is too much of a headache. It's, it's easier for consumers to upgrade. Yeah. Throw more hardware at the problem. Faster processors. Yeah. More. 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 More smarter. Hardware-based security. Uh, let your chip do the do the heavy lifting instead of the operating system. Basically, is where this is going. So, so I have a Surface Pro X here, which is Microsoft's ARM-based Windows 11 now computer, uh, which is compatible, of course, with Windows 11. Yep. <laughs> Miraculously, as it may seem. Um, so I installed the Insider Preview as soon as it was available, and looking at screenshots, and I said this before on our last show. It does look like Mac OS, but using it, it, it looks and feels and works like Chrome OS. Yeah. So it's like a mixture of the two. Like, for example, you talked about the settings panel. No longer do you click on the notification button no. to pull up not only your notifications, but the quick settings. You now have to click on the Wi-Fi icon, which pops up a smaller quick settings panel. And that thing looks identical to Chrome OS. Yep. And then you have the app centered in the middle. You click on a button and a window pops up in the middle. Your start menu pops up in the middle. That's very similar to Chrome OS as well with shortcuts and apps and then other odds and ends below it. So, but it also has a Mac OS feel to it. It, it. To me, it's just a giant mixture of the two operating systems, which, you know, I mean, it's good. It, we, we're seeing the same thing happen on iOS and Android. Both operating systems are converging. What was that noise? Did you? That was that? just me. We got going. Eh. Oh. <laughs> Honestly, there's nothing about this Windows 11 that I see as a technical fault. In fact, they're doing everything technically right. properly, right? I think the hardware yeah. for security. 
as as writers in this industry, I think we have to sell this as you need to do this because because eventually we are going to be hit on day to day basis with compromises that could potentially take down your business. Right. I mean, we look what happened with the oil pipeline. Right. And these these ransomwares and all these things, maybe the type of malware that we get on a day to day basis now is not the kind that's going to hit us at the hardware level today, because a lot of this stuff is spam and, 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 and human compromises where, you know, you, you click on a link and, you you know, something happens where, with the JavaScript where it makes you put in credentials because it's fooling you into looking into a, it's fooling you that's looking at that you're logging into something that is that is your bank yeah, or whatever. You're being, fished. you're being fished. A lot of that is most of what the compromises occur. But we have seen, you know, the researchers highly publicized compromises that can, exploits that can occur, you know, uh, that are much more sophisticated than the malware that's circulating commonly. And they have to look uh, at a more uh, forward-looking basis than, than what's kind of happening out in the wild right now. And, you know, if you look at companies that, like, you know, like the company I used to work at, Proofpoint, we used to analyze malware on a day-to-day basis. We, we looked at millions and millions of emails a day, and we saw the crazy stuff that was coming across from threat actors. And it was scary, the type of things that they were experimenting with in, in small user populations to see if this stuff worked. Sure. And this stuff is increasing. So if, if we don't have large enterprises and small, small medium businesses upgrade to hardware-enforced security, whether it's in Windows 10 on the systems they have now, Right or in Windows 11 when they when they have to replace machines at the five year mark and they and they just keep kicking the, the the can down the road or redesigning their applications as they should be, right? Um, we're going to start seeing some very very serious compromises. We're going to start seeing more and more of these our oil pipeline. Uh, style disruptions of our supply chain. Uh, we could see hospital systems taken down like they have. Like, look what happened at the NHS with Windows XP, right? They, they completely yeah. took those things down. Um, we're going to see, you know, major companies, lines of business being disrupted. It's going to, and people could die for this kind of stuff, especially if these are things that are, you know, people are dependent on. So, you know, we could we could worry about the what ifs, but I would rather just not risk it. I would say, let's let's get rid of these older boxes, Let's get them upgraded to newer versions of Windows that support these hardware for security. Let's get the apps that are old and clunky rewritten, for God's sake, finally. And yeah. let's get our security um, uh, act in here. The problem is Microsoft, sure. yeah, Microsoft I mean, did not sell this as a security upgrade. They sold this in the launch event as, ooh, fancy GUI. Android apps. Right. Yeah, I but I I agree 100% with you, but I also feel the consumer pain. Yeah, of course. Forced upgrades, never fun. I mean, how many landfills are going to be full of Windows 10 it's laptops awful. and desktops here? It's awful. Yeah, it, there's a lot of e-waste is going to come out of this decision. It's a decision that had to be made, a hard decision, um, but I get why it was made. I also empathize but, with people who will have to upgrade far too soon. But Jason, um, look, I have a few boxes here that I kind of have to get rid of. Like I have a Windows server here that has a chip that is of, I only bought it four years ago, but it is it. But it but its generation is an is is third generation server Xeon processor. Um, but the it was out of the box new when I bought it, right? So it was probably sitting yeah. in a warehouse for three years, and I got it cheap. Like I got the, the server for three hundred bucks, perfectly good server. Windows Server, fine. Hey, it runs Linux perfectly fine. So guess what? Right. If you decide that you're done with Windows 10 in two, three years, or you decided that, you know, I'm, 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 I'm tired of Microsoft making me spend more money, get Ubuntu. 
if you if, yeah. and, 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 and especially if you don't have the type of workloads that require Windows. Look, I work today. I have a Mac, but I could work in Win. I could work in Linux. I, I use I use all Google apps. I use Google uh, Desktop. I don't need a Mac necessarily to do all this. I could run I could run a Linux desktop if I wanted to. I, I could I could completely take this Windows box with the Gen Six on it and run Ubuntu on it or Linux Mint and anything that I would be fine. Really, I would be fine. Um, yeah. No. It's and the process for yeah. loading Linux on a Windows Ten machine is. I mean, the longest part is creating the bootable USB drive. Yeah. After that, it's a piece of cake. I've done it a few times over the last couple of months, and it it takes no time at all. It's free operating system. You just have to make sure you download the right version. You know, we can maybe do another show going into that uh, here in the future. But yeah, any closing thoughts, Perlin? No, like I said, no one's forcing you to do this. But again, if you have a box that is, you know, Gen 6, Gen 7, Gen 8, go into that BIOS, turn all that extra stuff on, then go into Windows 10 and turn go to the device security uh, app, turn all the stuff on. Now you're protected. And then when Windows 11 rolls around in October, uh, if it offers you the upgrade, it says you're eligible, take the upgrade. If it says you're not eligible for the upgrade, you got Windows 10 until 2025. You're good. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Look, this upgrade is free for those who have hardware that will run it. If you're in the market for buying new hardware, please double check that it is compatible uh, Honestly, with Windows 11. yeah, Jason. I mean, I've been shopping around for a new PC for testing Windows 11 going forward because I think my Generation 6 is going to get left out, honestly. So uh, yeah. um, I have been looking... Yeah, I know. So I'm in, I've been looking at Zen 2 Ryzen processors, which, by the way, are almost on Obtanium now. Some of the, some of the mid-range ones, like, like there yeah. are these mini boxes that like cost like seven 800 bucks that have Wi-Fi 6, Bluetooth 5, Ryzen 7, 4000 series, SSDs. They're cute little machines, and you can find that there's one on, on, a, on Amazon called a B-Link um, that I, I saw, and there's a couple others on Amazon. Uh, HP has a couple Ryzen machines, but they're kind of older designs um, that don't have like USB-C and stuff on it. I would say that any new box I want to get has, it's got to have USB-C. Um, it's got to have the latest Bluetooth. It's got to have Wi-Fi 6. And those are hard to find now. So I think in the next few months, yeah. as we start seeing OEMs come out with boxes, um, there will be more choices available in terms of things that are ready to go with Windows 11 out of the box. Get one of those. Don't buy something with a generation processor that's too behind. Um, even though if, it's, if, if Microsoft shows it as, as supported, you know, if it's on the edge of, I mean, like, oh, this looks like a bargain. I can save $300 on this thing. We don't know what Microsoft is going to do in two more years on the next Windows 11 update. <laughs> at this point, I'm not, I, at sure. this point, I'm not assuming anything on their part that, 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 that they're, they're, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to allow people to do things, you know? So I, I, I would say when you buy a new box, make sure it's the current generation. I agree with that 100%. Microsoft does have a list of supported laptops and desktops that will upgrade to Windows 11, but always do your homework. Thanks for listening today. I'm Jason Cipriani. And I'm Jason Perlo. You can check out more of our work at ZDNet.com. 